This I Work For Him podcast is brought to you in part by Rosedale Communications, offering author-centric literary consulting, writing, and editing services to help you capture your voice, craft your message, edit your content, and publish your completed manuscript for business or ministry online at craftingyourmessage.com. This is producer Michael Miracle. Thanks for listening to the I Work For Him podcast. Be sure to check out our website at iworkforhim.com. That's iwork4him.com for all of our past shows and podcasts, plus Jim's blogs, reading recommendations, and tons of great I Work For Him resources, all available at iworkforhim.com. And now, today's broadcast. Hey, welcome to I Work For Him together on Tuesdays with Jim and Martha Brangenberg. Martha, another incredible Tuesday. It feels like forever since it's been a Tuesday. I don't know why. Probably just been a whole week, though. A whole week. <laughs> we did it's last week's together. How that on, works. Last week's together on Tuesday, Jacksonville. Next week yeah. together on Tuesday. I have no idea, but between here and there, the 2018 Cruiser Way to a Better Marriage Retreat. It's finally here. Finally here. We're leaving a couple of days. Got a whole bunch of couples coming along with us. Very excited. Let me just tell you that today's subject a little sensitive, but probably one of the most impactful subjects we're gonna we've ever dealt with. On, that's hard to say. But I really believe it's probably one of the most impactful subjects that we've ever mm. dealt with on iWorkRim, certainly on it together on Tuesday. Just know that however you're listening to the show today, we've prayed for you. We've prayed for the, the just your heart to be open to what we talk about. And we'd love for you to visit us online at iWorkForHim.com. That's iWork, the number four, Him.com. On the website, you can sign up to get an email on a weekly basis or daily basis with our, our daily podcast, as well as my weekly blog, which... Sometimes it's funny, sometimes it's serious, but every time is out on Friday. But however you interact with us, we'd love to have you just comment. Give us, send us an email. Give us an encouraging email. I got an email from a Only guy. Only encouraging from, ones are allowed. Yes, don't send any of the other kind. I got an email the other day from a guy in Kenya. Incredible. Yes. Just looking for prayer for his ministry in Kenya to yeah. widows and orphans. All right, abortion. At this point in our country's history, it's likely that there's not one citizen living today who has not been impacted by the Holocaust of our unborn children in this country. Over 60 million children have been aborted since 1973. How is that impacting those we work around? It is impacting everyone that we work around. How can we minister to those hurting because of an abortion, both men and women? Today, Martha and I talk about abortion with Susan Dyer Lair from Passages of Hope. It's an abortion recovery, abortion ministry. You can hear about it a whole bunch, but I'm going to let Saul Pitchon from New Life Solutions introduce it. Saul Pitchon, welcome back to I Work For Him. Uh, Jim and Martha, great to be with you both. And, and, and as always, Thank it's you. always good to hear your voice. You know, New Life Solutions started as the Pregnancy Center. How many babies have been saved since the inception of New Life Solutions? Well, you know, we started in 1985 and uh, documented we have over 9,000 babies that have been saved from abortion, but we know Mm -hmm. it's two and three times more than that, because many Mm -hmm. times as women don't come back to tell us they've chosen life. We, you know, we planted, we watered, shared with them the truth, and then um, uh, the truth shall set them free, because from there, we have over 7,000 salvations and rededications over the years, and we praise God for that with our partners because of our partners, donors, and churches, and uh, the community just coming come alongside of us for over, the, over all these years, and you two have been part of that, that group. 
Mm-hmm. Well, what I love best about New Life Solutions and your whole the whole organization you have now is that you guys are working in cities across the country, encouraging ministries like yours to blossom and to do some of the same things. And you're using the wisdom you've been given by God to multiply it. And that's what our work for him is all about. Let's multiply this. Let's do the really cool mm-hmm. work that's being done in Tampa Bay, and let's multiply yep. it across the country. So, Saul, where did the idea of, and the mission of Passages of Hope come from? Well, you know, many, you, you two and many other people know my background. My mother and father, both Holocaust survivors. And my mother just passed away mm-hmm. last week, 91 years old. And you know, it's the Holocaust then of over 6,000 innocent Jewish men, women, children, and those in the womb that were, um, that were murdered, that were um, uh, terminated. And here, you mentioned it earlier, just a few moments ago, over 60 million Innocent children have, have um, perished because of abortion. And so that's ten times worse. And so we, we look at that, and then we've also seen over the, all the years that we've done the counseling there, and, you know, you know I'm, a, I'm a therapist, my, that's my background, and we've seen that many of the women who have unplanned pregnancies also have had abortions in their past, and they're hurting. And uh, we tend to be uh, creatures of habit, unfortunately. We'll have one abortion, then we'll have another and another. And so this, it's an epidemic. It's a holocaust. And so we realize there's a need to minister to the women and men, because we have abortion groups for both men and women, in our churches, Jim and Martha, not just outside our churches, but mm-hmm. in our churches. Because so how big... Well, I was, I was just to say, Saul, so how big is the need for these abortion recovery groups if 60-plus million oh. children have been aborted in just yeah. 45 years? And we know that abortions were happening, happening long before that. They just weren't legal. I mean, how if you were to guess in the workplaces of America today where there's 150 million people going to work every day, how many, yeah. uh, and we got tons of people, we got 10,000 people retiring every day. Yeah. It's retired people, it's young people, it's everybody in between. How big is the need for abortion recovery groups like Passages of Hope? Well, it's, it's major, because mm-hmm. what's happening is you're not getting the productivity. See, my, again, my humble observation for having been in that field uh, before I came here with the ministry, um, I believe there's more depression, more anxiety than ever before in our nation over these last 40-plus years because of the abortion issue. Mm-hmm. So that's devastating people. The, it, it creates low self-esteem. So if you're feeling depressed, you feel, you, you feel you're not worthy, then that means your productivity is going to be way off. How does that impact our nation? Big time. That's just one example right there. Mm-hmm. Saul, so we so love your passion. We love your passion for women's ministry. We love your passion for for saving children. And as you've said, you know, 9,000 babies saved by the New Life Solutions Group in, in almost 23 years. Uh, and nothing in comparison. I mean, it's just, that, it's just incredible. Then the 7,000 people who have given their lives to Christ. I mean, that, those mm-hmm. numbers are monstrous. But the numbers are so big, they're overwhelming. Like you said, 6 million yeah. Jews uh, in the Holocaust, murdered in the Holocaust, and 60 million babies in the Holocaust and the baby holocaust it's amazing it's staggering yet this is a ministry that can be multiplied across the country isn't it it is and and uh i've had the opportunity and susan's going to be speaking at a national conference coming up uh, in september 
But I've had the opportunity to go uh, visit other pregnancy centers throughout the nation and share with them best practices, right? It always goes back. I work for him. It's got to be mm-hmm. best practices, doing everything with excellence. And so we share the importance of uh, starting abortion recovery groups, their grief groups, all over the country. And it's starting. But we've always... <laughs> We've always think big. We think of ourselves as a national organization that's housed here in the Tampa Bay area. And one of the reasons that I brought uh, Susan on is because she is a uh, licensed clinical social worker. She'll tell, she'll tell you more of her background and that she has the passion like, like I do, like you and Martha do, and that something has to be done about it. Well, it's going to start here. We're very intentional on having more more groups than ever. Uh, we're having facilitator training, in fact, coming up this week, and uh, we want more groups for women and men, more healing in our community. And what mm-hmm. that dictates then is the Tampa Bay area will be more productive, there will be more joy, more fulfillment, and it just, trans- it just transforms our community to one that lines up with what God would have us do. I love that. That is to honor him. I love that. Saul Pitch on. We really appreciate Executive Director of the New Life Solutions Group. I really appreciate you calling in and introducing Passages of Hope to our audience. And we're going to turn it over to Susan Dyer-Lair. But thank you, Saul, for calling in. Uh, thank you, Tim. And thank you, Martha. God thank bless you. you both. You too. Susan, it's got to be exciting to jump in to a, a vision of, uh, of what New Life Solutions is about. Because when we first heard about New Life Solutions, it was a small little pregnancy center, a couple of them. Now it's a big organization. And like I said, multiplying across the country. What attracted you to Passages of Hope? Well, my journey began with Passages of Hope was when I first attended the group almost, uh, goodness, 20 years ago mm. for my own abortion loss. And... I, it was probably one of the most difficult decisions um, I had to make. I was fearful that I would be judged, especially, unfortunately, in my church family. Sure. And yet I wanted to give back. And so part of the uh, pre- prerequisite requirements is that you have to go through an abortion recovery group if you have an abortion loss. And I eventually went through the group, and by the ninth week, I was transformed to the point where I ended up sharing in my ladies' Bible study. But this is a ministry that can be multiplied across the country, right, Martha? Most definitely. I think that, um, and we're going to hear more about the actual program after Susan finishes her story, but I love the fact that they're marketing, um, well, I don't know if marketing is the right word, but you intentionally are touching men and women. A lot of people forget about the men's yes. grief in, a, in the decision for an abortion mm-hmm. and whether they had any part in the decision or not, because right. sometimes they don't, sometimes they forced it, who yeah. knows what their story is. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are so many millions of people that have been affected by it and not necessarily addressed it. And so you give them that opportunity through Passages of Hope, right? Mm. Susan Dyer-Layer, you're the, exe- you're the director of Passages of Hope, right? That's correct. I know you're not the yes. executive director. That's Saul's job. He's okay. our leader. Right. He's, the su- he's the supreme leader. <laughs> he's the super <laughs> Okay, leader. so you were in the middle of the story. How you mm-hmm. were sharing at nine weeks in to your Passages of Hope yes. experience, you were sharing with your ladies group at church. Yes, and that was the group. If you had had to ask me what group would you, you fear probably most judgment from, mm. I would have feared my church girlfriends. And that was my deep, dark secret. Um, mm. And so when I shared in the ladies' Bible study, I was just amazed at the wholehearted 
expression of love and acceptance and mercy and compassion that um, was not what I was expecting. I thought that I would be thought of differently. And that's how the deceiver is so crafty. Mm -hmm. He keeps us silent because he makes us think that if this person knew that I had an abortion, they would not want to be around with me. And just to give you an idea, my husband and I, we were at an engagement encounter, and I had not told him about my abortion loss. And it wasn't until we were at the encounter and the pastoral leader said, if there's anything that you struggle with forgiveness on, and you feel it's going to get in between you and your husband or your husband-to-be, then you need to come clean. Mm, And he found me literally just sobbing because I knew I needed to share with him. And yet, in my heart, I thought he would not want to marry me. And that's how crafty and how deceiving the deceiver is. You know, he's there to steal, kill, and destroy. Mm -hmm. And what I have discovered over the years and through the healing, through this abortion recovery Bible study, that he restores us, he renews us, and he allows us to live life more abundantly and set free in who we are in him, not who we are in that abortion past. And you can find out more about Passages of Hope online at passagesofhope.org, passagesofhope.org. Now, you've arranged for three people to call in today, which will only use their first names, to share a little bit of their story. Mm -hmm. And our first one is Jan. Jan, welcome to I Work For Him. Oh, thank you so much, Jim. It's a privilege, and Martha. (laughs) Thank you. So how has abortion touched your life, Jan? Oh, gosh, honestly, it was absolute devastation. I didn't even understand or know at the time that it was. It almost was swept under the rug, and I never had that time to just move through it and and understand what what had really happened. And um, I was new in my faith, and it just... (laughs) Absolute pain and devastation is how I would describe it. Hmm. And how did you find out about Passages of Hope? Actually, through Calvary. Uh, they actually had a, a poster up in the, I guess, the volunteer area. And I was on this, this mission of just seeking him, and he put me right in front of it. And I just called Susan, and that's how it all began. So talk to me about your experience going through the Passages of Hope, uh, a group, that, as you called it, Susan, a Bible study. Jan, how has, how has this study impacted your faith, your walk with the Lord, impacted the healing in your own life? Gosh, that's, that's such a great question. Uh, I would honestly have to say in every single way possible. Um, and I, I honestly, I felt, for going, coming into the ministry, the first time, I, I had this almost like this false confidence when I came in, like everything was okay, because I always had to be okay, and mm. it really brought me this feeling that I actually am genuinely loved, and that I actually belong, and I have a purpose, mm. and, and God had a purpose in this, and um you know, I didn't understand what I had done. I was under the assumption and impression at the time that it was tissue, and, and now that I know that it was. So, you know, that for me, it was it just having so many opportunities and, and so many different ways. I, I could go on all day about it, to be honest. But Well, you know, just share that. with, Jan, share with our listeners, um, what did you learn about Jesus because of your involvement with mm-hmm. Passages? Well, honestly, oh my gosh, so much. I mean, mm. I knew Jesus before. I knew what he did for me. But I didn't feel like I, he, I deserved his love mm. for a mm. long time. And, and for me, it, 
it, it, it really, it gave me a personal relationship with him. I no longer live to appease anyone anymore. I live to appease him and him alone, and I walk with him. He's my good shepherd, and he, he guides me along still waters, and that's what I do these days. That's my mm. entire life. Amen. Jan, how old were you when you had your abortion? I had three abortions, and uh, my first one started when I was 16 um, in high school, and then I had two, one when I was 17, and then another when I was a senior, and then another one when I was 21 years old, and that was the most uh, that was the, the most devastating. Mm. And how long was it between that last abortion and when you started realizing that the Lord loved you? and had forgiveness for you and wanted you to be able to live life to its fullest. How many years in between there did you suffer? Honestly, it really isn't until last year. So I would say about four years. Okay. Hmm. Well, and that's really why I wanted you to share your story because there's so many people out there that are struggling with this, that have had abortions that need to know that there's forgiveness. And I really appreciate Mm -hmm. you being honest. Jan, if there was one thing that you could say to a listener that might be um, in a similar situation to what you had found yourself in, how could you encourage them right now? I'd say it's, he loves you. <laughs> I'd say that it's okay. Um, that the past is the past now, and God still loves you, and you still deserve love, and, mm. and that your babies, they're in heaven. And they're waiting for you. But, you know, now is the time to be obedient and to, you know, seek that healing. And there's hope. There's hope. Amen. Now is the time. (laughs) I love that. Thank you so much. Jan, thanks for calling in and sharing a little of your story and being transparent. And just know that this, your story is going to go around the world as it's shared across on podcasts. And I just, I appreciate it. And thank you for being willing. And I'm just praising God for you feeling... Finding that forgiveness and finding that healing in Christ. Uh, mm-hmm. Thanks so much for calling in today, Jan. Uh, absolute honor. Thank you for all Thank that you, you do. Susan, it's that. Uh, it, it, just tell me if I'm right or wrong. Um, for the uh, the abortion survivors, so the mom and the dad, is it is it forgiving themselves that is the hardest part of this process? I mean, what's the hardest part of this process in, in getting healing? That is the the number one obstacle that we hear in groups is that most do not fully embrace wholeheartedly the forgiveness that God has given them. Mm-hmm. Past sin, current sin, future sin. It was all done on the cross. But we don't, we have this disconnect in our mind to our hearts and we don't fully embrace it in our hearts and we struggle with uh, the self-condemnation, the lies from the deceiver. And that builds a a wall mm-hmm. in our relationships, not only with God, because we feel this sense of guilt every time we think about him and what we have done in taking his created life, but also in our relationships with others. Um, a lot of times our women and men will share about, you know, being very angry 
and uh, how it impacts their relationships to be able to trust others. Uh, so there's a, a ripple effect in the emotional consequences from an abortion choice. You know, a lot of people get a vision of, okay, I'm going to go to an abortion recovery Bible study group. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, hi, I'm, I'm Jim. I had an abortion. I mean, it just, it, but it's not like that, is it? I mean, this is a warm, loving group of people, isn't it? It is a safe place. Mm-hmm. It is the first time that you can come with like-minded folks to openly mourn this loss that you have kept as a deep, dark secret for years. Hey, we're talking about a pretty serious subject today, and we've got Susan Dyer-Layer here uh, talking about abortion recovery. She is the director of Passages of Hope right here in Tampa Bay. You can check them out online at passagesofhope.org. This is a group, this is an organization, Susan, that can be reproduced around the country. I imagine there probably are groups around the country, but this needs to be in 10,000 cities. Yes. I mean, yes. How, many, do, how many ministries do you know of that are actually doing uh, ab- abortion recovery groups? Not enough. Not enough. Mm-hmm. And not the way that we do that. And I don't say that in a boastful sense, but just as um, our director, Saul Pitchon, leads with excellence, we reflect that in this outreach ministry. Mm-hmm. And um, when I received my own... Uh, transformation and healing Mm. when I went through the group I was so on fire and passionate about you know who else knows about this abortion recovery work and I when I went to USF and the graduate uh, program for social work I uh, did my research on the topic of abortion recovery and measuring the effectiveness of these faith-based groups this is only the Lord but we were able to one, show dramatic reductions in shame and in trauma, PTSD, using clinical instruments that are recognized throughout the world. And we were published by a wow. peer-reviewed, peer-reviewed journal, the Journal of Research on uh, Social Work Practice. And that is a, a, you know, accessible to anyone in the world. They can download the, the research there. But again, um, we measured the first week when um, men and women come into our groups, and again, they're same gender groups. We want to make sure that they're in a safe place emotionally. So we will uh, do surveys. We'll do the same surveys that we did in our research for shame and for trauma. And then we'll come back in the ninth week and do those same surveys. And it is just like witnessing God's miracle because not only do we see on paper his excellent work, but we see in the countenance mm. of the individual group members, they are just light. Let me just ask you a question. This goes a little bit sideways on you, but okay, so you're at USF doing this research. Mm-hmm. They even allowed you to talk about the fact that there's pain and suffering from abortion? I mean, it, because that's one of those things where, you know, the, 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 non-Christ-following public likes everybody to think that there's n- abortion is no big deal. Yes. What happened was that when I first brought up the topic that I wanted to discuss and research about these abortion recovery groups, mm-hmm. uh, initially I had a lot of naysayers. However, it opened the door for me to be able to share my personal experience and transformation through my abortion loss with all of my classmates. And over time... Uh, hearts that were hardened became softened, and the Lord just opened doors to the point that we were recognized among five other uh, 
research studies at USF uh, for excellence on research day. Oh, fabulous. Mm. You know, so what, that's the Lord. what's <laughs> so neat is that you bring both personal experience mm-hmm. and scientific proof to the table. Yeah. So no matter where someone's coming from, you can, um, you know, dangle some hope and say, okay, you yes. may not at this point believe mm-hmm. that Jesus is an element in this process, but how can you doubt our statistics. So that's just a, that's fabulous. Hey, now, Susan, you've arranged for some people to call in today and share their abortion stories. Yes. Next up, we have Brendan. Brendan, Brendan, welcome to I Work For Him. Thank you. Good afternoon. How has, how did abortion touch your life, Brendan? Uh, I immediately turned to alcohol to try and soften the pain and guilt that I felt for not protecting my child. And after a couple of months of my daily dose of alcohol, I realized that this was not going to be enough to overcome the level of shame that I had in me. Mm. And that is when the idea of suicide came to mind, but I could not see myself doing that act to myself. But the answer came clear to me, considering that the Vietnam War was still going on at that time. And the news was always reporting that not too many men were coming back alive. That is when I decided that I would enlist into the Army, I would be sent to Vietnam where I would be killed by the enemy, and that would be the end of my pain, guilt, and shame. How young were you, you, Brendan, when you experienced abortion in your life? 20. 20 years old. So how did you find out about Passages of Hope? Well, my wife and I struck up a friendship with a couple at our new church who are very adventurous, and I say that because the husband had a great idea on how we could raise funds for the local pregnancy center here in Largo. And considering that I had for years looked for different ways to give back for what I had done back in 1972, this was a perfect opportunity for me to be a part of something bigger than me and my deep, dark secret. So for five years, we rode bicycles long distances and raised thousands of dollars for the pregnancy center. But during those years, I got to know Saul Pitton, the director of the pregnancy center, and we became very good friends. And through the nudging of the Holy Spirit, I told Saul my story of having an abortion in my past. And as usual, God's timing was so perfect that day because Saul happened to mention that he was holding a post-abortion men's group, and he asked me to attend. And this was the first I had ever heard in the 39 years since my abortion that there is help for men. Mm. That is, so talk to me about how has your involvement in a Passages of Hope group, Brendan, how has that brought healing to you? When I had turned my life over to Christ in 1988, I had accepted God's forgiveness. But the problem always was I could still not forgive myself. The study guide that we use, Healing the Father's Heart, Amen, reveals God's truths and wisdom for our lives. We learn that Jesus Christ died on the cross for our sins and that it is truly finished once and for all. The other area that brought great healing was finally being able to name my child and write a letter to him saying what was on my heart. Prior to this, no one knew of my deep, dark secret, so basically your child never existed. Mm. You were told it was just a blob of tissue, which you know was not the case. 
And once you name your child and write this letter to him, he becomes real to you. And you are finally able to grieve for your child. Mm-hmm. For 39 years, I was missing peace of mind, soul, and spirit in my life over this one act of desperation. So many years ago, but now the peace of the Holy Spirit has showered me with his love, his forgiveness, and his peace. Amen. That's very, very powerful. Amen. Brendan, thanks so much for calling into iWork for him and sharing your story. Thanks for being vulnerable and transparent about it. I'm just so grateful because so many people think that, well, first of all, for decades they denied the fact that abortion even impacted women. And now all of a sudden we're finally facing the reality that abortion impacts men and women. And I appreciate you sharing your story, Brendan. Thanks for calling today. Mm-hmm. Thank you for having me. All right, so Susan Dyer-Layer, as the director of Passages of Hope, it's got to just warm your heart to hear stories like Jan and Brendan and and the healing that they're experiencing. What are you doing in these these groups that allows these people to experience the true healing of our Almighty Heavenly Father? Well, one, we have a an amazing team of volunteers. Many of them have been redeemed through going through this Bible study mm-hmm. themselves. And then they serve as group facilitators, group leaders. And it's through their compassion, their love, um, and their acceptance that they make it, feel, make it safe for those who come to the group to, for the first time, share about this abortion secret. And with trauma, most of us bury. We bury that pain. We bury... We want to avoid any reminders of the abortion laws. So this will be the first time when you come into a Bible study group where you feel safe to share, that you will not be judged. And then is God's Word. It is God's Word that does the transformation. When we get into Lesson 2, we focus on the character of God. And many of us have a distorted image of God after our loss. Mm. We see Him as being very distant, very angry, perhaps not forgiving us. And what we discover is that he is very full of compassion, full of mercy, and there's nothing that we can do, past, present, or future, to separate him, his love for for us. Mm. So one of the things that I'm familiar with is I've I've seen in church bulletins where they've, um, you know, been telling people that they're going to have a Passages of Hope meeting. And... I believe that I've heard that, you know, sometimes people may not want to attend that in their own church if they know about it or somewhere local. But how do you address that with people as they're looking for this um, solution? But, you know, they're still dealing with the shame and the guilt because they haven't gone through it yet. So how do you deal with that with people? We provide uh, several different locations, Mm -hmm. church locations. So if someone did not want to attend the forgiven, uh, set free Bible study at their church, they could go to another church location. And we purposely scattered them all different parts of the county. Mm-hmm. So it's very easy to find a location that will be convenient. Are they all over Tampa Bay or just in Pinellas County? Pinellas and Hillsborough as well. Okay, in fact, good. we're very excited. We're going to have our very first group at USF. Wow. Nice. Yes. Wow. That is an answer Ruffling to prayer. Ruffling some feathers there. Well, the Lord is just keep, he's opening doors. That's great. And um, our heart, one of our visions for 2018 is we want to reach them younger. Because of abortion trauma, most will delay seeking help 10 years on. Mm -hmm. So with my sweet sister, Jan, who called, sister in Christ, Jan, who called uh, in the beginning, 
you know, she sought out help within four years. Yeah. So she can live life yes, not, abundantly. Not, yeah. Mm-hmm. A lot and you said the, the groups are same gender. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you have like a couple that is seeking it at the same time, they can both find groups to get involved in. Correct. Okay. That they would be right. an all men's group right. and an all women's. Jen, um, Susan, do you know the statistics on, you know, we're sitting in church and let's just say mm-hmm. there's 300 people in church what the percentage of those people are that have been impacted by abortion, touched by an abortion, whether it's them directly or indirectly. Do you have any idea what those statistics are? They say one in four. However, one in four has had an abortion. Correct. What about the impact of an abortion? Well, I would say <laughs> at, because we bury it down so deeply and as we become more, uh, in, closer in our walk with the Lord, then our hearts of stone become more sensitive. I gotta, to I'll, I'll get back to Susan. I'll get back to Susan Dyer later to get an answer to that question. If you have experienced an abortion in your life, whether you're a man or a woman, abortion has touched your life, mm-hmm. you need to go through a recovery group where you can really talk about it to, to be able to release the shame, the the lack of forgiveness that happens to people that have gone through this get in a group and so you can just get that that secret out of your past and get open and freedom get the freedom mm-hmm. susan I, before we bring on our our last caller you know i asked you the question right before the break you were sitting in a congregation of 300 people and if one in four of the women have had uh an abortion so let's just say half the congregation's uh women so uh there's 150 people so that's approximately 37 or 38 women in the congregation of 300 so more than 10 percent of the people have had abortions but how many people have been uh, indirectly or directly impacted that number could easily be 50 percent or more of yes. the congregation yes and they may not even know yeah in fact uh we uh have in our groups grandparents. Uh, We have, uh, as we spoke earlier, the father of the baby, those who have been indirectly impacted by an abortion decision, those who also have regretted not knowing, like I had probably one of the highest shame scores and trauma scores, not from the woman that had the the abortion, but it was her mother Mm. who saw and witnessed at the time she thought she was doing the best thing for her 16 year old daughter. And then she saw her spiral. And then later on, she could not have children. So that loss was compounded through just the spiritual, emotional death, so to speak, of her daughter. And then the future death of future grandchildren. After we talk to our caller, I want to make sure we talk about how do we how do we help people that we work with? How, how do we deal with this in, in there? Marianne, welcome to I Work For Him. Thank you. Nice to be with you, Jim. Talk to us. Well, you got Martha and I here and Susan as well. So how has abortion, how, how did it, when did you, did, were you directly or indirectly impacted by an abortion? Uh, no, directly. Um, I'm post-abortive as well. And, um, you know, um, I'm a physician. Um, and at the time I made my decision, um, I know I can't, uh, the, the other two callers um, said that uh, they thought it was a clump of tissue, so I couldn't use that excuse. I knew mm. um, exactly, um, you know, that this was a baby. But um, the decision I made at that time, um, I thought I was choosing a permanent solution for a temporary problem. And after the initial relief wore off, I realized that it was a temporary solution for, for a permanent problem that I lived wow. with. Um, uh, the 
shame, the guilt, um, the secrecy, a lot of the things that have already been shared um, stayed with me for a long time. And uh, when I became a believer, I felt an immediate um, heavy weight being lifted off my shoulders, but those other feelings um, didn't go away. So it wasn't really until um, I stepped out and I felt a calling to um, to uh, volunteer in the ministry with New Life Solutions, and that I had to go through the Passages class, and it was truly a life-transforming experience. Um, and I say that uh, my shackles that I carried around for so many years were finally uh, were finally taken off. So how did the involvement in the Passages of Hope um, program bring you the healing? In, in so many ways, um, you know, those of us that um, lose a loved one, um, you know, through death, we're, we're able to share our loss with our family or our friends. We have mm-hmm. a, a funeral or a memorial service, and friends call, uh, reach out to us. Yet with an abortion, um, we don't get any of that. We're, we're expected to somehow just get over it and move on. And, and even when we confide um, to our loved ones, they're not always equipped um, and know how to help us. So this um, amazing nine-week Bible study um, helps us um, in a safe environment um, with other women that have shared um, that, with a common um, denominator, which is our abortion experience. Um, we work through our grief. Um, we we are shown the character of God and His love and grace, and um, we're able to uh, give n- dignity and uh, humanization to our unborn ch- our unborn children, and uh, we become stronger. We are more confident, like Susan says, to speak up, to reach out to others, as as ultimately our calling is um, to work for Him. So. Um, it is a strength that I got, um, was not expecting it. That is the truth. I thought I was just going to go through this Bible study so I could uh, volunteer, yet, um, <laughs> yet uh, it was truly uh, a life-transforming experience for me. Marianne, just speak to the audience, those listening today that think, well, I probably don't need to go through a group, I'm good. Who should be attending a Passages of Hope Bible study, recover, abortion recovery study? Yeah, like I said, I thought the same thing. Um, any of us that are post-abortive or know someone, uh, a loved one um, who's post-abortive, um, you know, we have had ladies um, that are very fresh, meaning they've had their abortion uh, within the last year, to uh, we've had ladies come to the group in their 70s, um, you know, that have carried that shame and, and guilt for 40-plus years. So uh, it's truly um, any of us that have been affected either directly or indirectly. And be rest assured it is in a safe uh, environment where you will not, um, you know, feel um, anything other than love and, uh, and God's uh, love and grace. Mm, I love that. Marianne, thanks for calling into I Work For Him today and sharing a little bit of your story. We really appreciate it. Mm-hmm. You're welcome. Thank you mm-hmm. all. You know, and just as Marianne said, Susan, that it was a safe place, and Brendan called it a safe place, and Brendan's a guy that experienced it 20, uh, 46 years ago. Yeah. And, and found that freedom. Let's talk about when we go to work every day, mm-hmm. we're surrounded by people that are suffering. Yes. I mean, this is, you know, a, a, a abortion has impacted the lives of million, tens of millions of women. Mm-hmm. How do we minister to those? I mean, we're not necessarily, mm-hmm. you can't go up and ask that question. So if you had an abortion, I mean, that's not the kind of question you just ask. Right. Anyway. So right. how, do you, how, do you, how do you help these people? How do you set the captives free? Well, 
we speak out, but we do it in gentleness. And what I would strongly recommend uh, anyone that knows somebody that's had an abortion loss in the workplace to just let them know, you know, I was listening to the radio station, I work for him, and they were talking about these abortion recovery groups and that there's help. But there's actually within nine weeks you can have a you know a transformed life, mm. and to create hope because nobody talks about these groups. Mm. Most people that have gone through an abortion decision, most have not done it flippantly. They've done it out of great fear, great fear, uh, feeling like there wasn't any hope. So when they make that decision and they're told that it's going to be healthy, they're broadsided when they experience the complete opposite of what society is telling them. So we need to be letting them know that there is help, that there is recovery in these faith-based abortion recovery groups. Well, and what I think is important is what Brendan brought up, is that obviously Brendan didn't have the abortion, but he had a a, a person in his life who he was attached to that had the abortion. There are guys out there suffering, too, that never, they never get to talk about. Because guys, you know, ladies may yeah. get into that conversation, maybe, but guys will never go down yeah. that route. They'll never talk about that because we're not allowed to talk about our feelings. Mm-hmm. How do you broach that subject with with uh, guys? I mean, how, how does a guy broach that subject? Because, you know, it's just as likely that they've been impacted as a woman. Yes. And, in fact, that's why we're um, very blessed to have our volunteers on our men's passages team. Mm -hmm. They will go to churches. They will go to men's Bible studies and a great place Mm -hmm. to open up doors and silent hearts is at a men's retreat. Mm -hmm. And it's in that sharing. In fact, we've had a few gentlemen come from retreat settings because it was a safe place that they could seek and ask for help. And, um, The blessings is that when they do, uh, they just continue to be that encourager and that light uh, joining us in the ministry. You know, I think testimony is very important in it because our culture is saying right now, you know, that it's okay, this is accepted, yet every single person that we've had on today has talked about needing a safe place to even be able to talk about it. So yet the the lie that it's all okay is so hushing um, the people that have such deep needs. So I think the testimony of those that go through is probably Mm. one of the the loudest things that um, could be used. Absolutely. In fact, I would say three out of four times when I share my testimony to someone Mm -hmm. and the spirit just makes it just so clear. I can see it in their countenance. I can just see it in how they're reacting mm-hmm. when the word abortion comes up. And my heart is real tender for them. Sure. And when I share about my own abortion loss, three out of four times, they will say, well, you know, I had one too. Mm. And that's the beginning step. Just being able to feel safe, to share with someone, not fearing any judgment or condemnation, but just seeing his love and his hope and his mercy. Mm-hmm. Opening that door for recovery. Mm. That's powerful. Susan Dyer Layer, thanks for coming in from Passages of Hope Day, sharing this with our audience. This was this was not fun, but it was so enlightening. So thank you for bringing it to us. Oh, we're thankful for the ministry. Yes, we are out there. Well, thank you so much for both of you and for what you do Mm. for life. We just need to remember that Jesus did come to set the captives free, and we're free indeed. We need to bring that freedom to other people. You've been listening to I Work For Him with your hosts, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. We're Christ followers. Our workplace, it's our mission field, but ultimately, I I work work for for him. him.